people, people want faith, they, they want relationship with God, but yet they, they hold back in repenting of sin. Because all of this is for nothing if we don't put our faith and trust in Jesus. That's the starting point of faith. So if you're here and you don't know Christ, listen, it'll be the best decision that you ever make in your life. Welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast for September 16th, 2018. Today, Pastor Dave continues his series, Now What? Very interesting series, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hey, next Sunday on the 23rd will be our Invite a Friend Sunday. So you can invite a friend, you can invite a relative, or gee whiz, you can invite an enemy if you want. They're all welcome, just as you are. They can all come as they are, just as you can. We'd love to have you. Enjoy the podcast, and have a great day. Well, good morning, church. I thought we could only worship like that on Easter, and it's not Easter, right? Man, I tell you what, uh, God, uh, God's got good things for us. I hope you believe that. Uh, he's got really, really, really good things for, for you this morning. Uh, before I get into the preaching time, uh, I just want to share a couple of things uh, with you, if I could, uh, with, with Love, Inc. This past couple of weeks have been super Busy for Jillian and I. We're, we're thankful for the position and a, and a new job. Uh, but yeah, you got to step up your prayer, uh, prayer time for us because we desperately need it. Uh, we've been busy running around. We have helped, and really you have helped as well, 14 families uh, in the last two weeks. Furniture, personal care items, uh, towels, I mean, whatever, you, gas money, uh, all sorts of things that we have helped our community. Th- these are not church people. These are people that we are trying to reach for Christ. Amen? So 14 families. And then yesterday we had our uh, clothing sale done at the donation center. We raised $600 for Love, Inc. So praise God for that. Right? And so I'm tired. <laughs> How many of you are tired this morning? Good. We're all in this together. So, we're going to pray that God would speak to us. Help us engage. And if I see anybody drifting off to sleep, I will call you out by name. If you're visiting, you're off the hook, because I don't know your name yet. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And it's great that we can sing about your presence and... Our desperate need for you, God. That you are alive. You are alive. Lord, and you are transforming lives. I pray that as a church that we would continue to just buy into the fact that we need to be reaching the lost. 
We need to be sharing of your love and your mercy and your goodness. Oh, Lord, a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are hurting. I pray that we would love, not only love each other, but love this community for your namesake. For your namesake and for your glory. I pray that today that you would feed us and speak to us. And I pray that if there's one person... Just one person that's sitting here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray, God, that today would be the day that they give their lives to you. And, God, I pray for those that are church, those that are born again, those that are believers. I pray, God, that you would raise us up. Give us energy and enthusiasm and passion for you and for the call that you've placed on our life. God, we're in need of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So last week we started a new sermon series entitled, Now What? Everybody say, Now What? Now What? All right, good. Covering four starting points we face in today's church. Today's installment, we're going to cover new to the faith. New to the faith. More than any other week, this one by far is the most important installment. Would you agree? Like eight of you. Awesome. <clears throat> more, more than understanding the unchurched and de-churched like we covered last week, because that's important that we understand their place and their position. More important than understanding our role as the church, as God's people. And more than learning our place as older, mature believers. Learning the basics of becoming a believer sets the tone for everything else we will do in life. Amen? Without the foundation, nothing else will work the way it's supposed to. So a few weeks ago, David, Brandon, and I were working on a new design for the stage, in case you had noticed, to, to update what we had. So we removed the banners that were up for eight years. I don't mean to date myself or date what we've had. We moved the stage lighting around, and then installed this wallpaper shiplap. You, you all like the shiplap? Yeah. You better say yeah. My wife picked that out, so. <laughs> no, she didn't pick that out. I did. Can't help it. I can't help it. But, but we had the most trouble putting up the first strip, the base, the foundation. In fact, so much trouble. Brandon had to do a little surgical work to cut some of the bubbles. Yeah, bubbles. Basically hides the blemishes and the mistakes that we made. Not because the wallpaper wasn't working properly, but be, like throw all of us under the bus. But because the three of us weren't applying the ship lap properly, I was getting a little bit nervous. Middle of installment. I, I'm going to blame Brandon for that one. Uh, no, it was uh, definitely all three of us. Today, as we go through this message and this biblical text, we need to make sure our foundation, our foundation is right. And if so, the rest should fall into place. And make sure, church, that we're applying what we're learning. I hope you started to apply what we learned last week. I want to look at a story today that I believe embodies this next installment, New to the Faith. New to the Faith. Born again. How many have heard that term before? Born again, right? 
many of us, becoming, because that's what we are when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, becoming a child, not just a churchgoer or a tender, becoming a child of God. His child. Let's look at John chapter 3. If you turn there with me, John chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. If you don't have your Bible, there are Bibles in the front of your seat. And also you can follow along on your smartphone or tablet or the overhead. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Everybody ready? Say yes. All right, let's go. It says this. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one could perform these signs you do unless, I love that, unless God were with him. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Listen to Nicodemus. But how can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. Nicodemus must have been standing there just confused, right? Like, what are you saying? Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of The Spirit. Verse 9. How can these things be? How can these things be? Let's stop there. The first thing that I want you to notice is that Jesus was sought out by Nicodemus. Not the other way around. In fact, Nicodemus was at a place in his life where things weren't quite adding up. He had a prominent position, one of 70 men that were a part of the Sanhedrin, the the Jewish government. Big title, right? Big job. He was intelligent. He had power and prestige, but still, still had deep-seated questions about his faith. This only further proves, church, that people from all different walks of life are looking to solidify their faith and belief system in God. Amen? We discussed this in last week's installment, how at certain points in our lives, tipping points, so to speak, we begin searching for God. I mean, really searching for God. Looking for answers. Looking for answers, sometimes in places that we've never, never been, maybe in a church. Maybe some of you have never been in a church before. We have to come to a point where we decrease and God increases. Amen? That's difficult. It really is. That we decrease and God increases in our lives. Anybody say that's an easy process? 
Anybody dare to say that that's an easy process that we decrease and we allow God to increase in our lives? We can't pursue faith in God, salvation, without first repenting of sin. And yet oftentimes we see this in today's church. People, people want faith, they, they want a relationship with God, but yet they, they hold back in repenting of sin. We, we, we can't do that. We've got to love the lost and love the unchurched and understand where they're at. But still, we're called to repent of sin. How about that self-sufficiency? Anybody struggle with that? I've got this. <laughs> I've got this. As we were doing this, I'm like, man, we've got this. And inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're messing it up. This is what we do with life. We just move ahead and we think we've got it all figured out. And man, we have to confess that we have a deep need, a deep desire to, a desperate need to have more of God and his presence and his power and his Holy Spirit. I can admit that. I can admit that. I am in daily need of His Spirit to just work through me. How about you? People that are new to the faith or new to church, we have to come to the point where it's not about just singing songs and hearing a message, but we believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Because all of this is for nothing if we don't put our faith and trust in Jesus. That's the starting point of faith. So if you're here and you don't know Christ, listen, it'll be the best decision that you ever make in your life. By saying, you know what? I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I don't want to hear about, hey man, we're going to a good church. Nope. We want to be a good church, right? I know I do. I know we, we do. But it's about putting our faith and trust in Jesus. I know this God who loves me and will love you too. That's the starting point. In fact, without dying to self, and this is difficult. It really is. Without dying to self, salvation through faith in Christ is impossible. We have to start there. Nicodemus knew something had to change in his life. Something had to give. Maybe you're there today and you're living this life without faith in Jesus, without hope, living your days without the hope of heaven. Look at the tragedies that are taking place across our country and that so many people are living their life without that hope of heaven. They have no security. No security. You need a relationship with Jesus. You need a relationship with Christ. It's him who you need. He's the rock in which we should lean on. Do you? Do you trust him? Do you lean on him? You put your faith in him? Oftentimes we we don't. We fall short of this. Anybody else struggle in their, their faith walk? We just struggle. We know it's real. We put our faith and trust in Him and what He's done, and yet we still wrestle every single day because we lack faith. Like, I mean, real faith. Believing that God will do something and He can encourage us in weak times and dark moments. 
I want to caution you this morning. And I don't want to come across as too preachy. Am I I'm already being too preachy? Any, anybody? I care about you. I care about you deeply. I love each of you. This is a dangerous place to be when we're living our lives without the hope of Christ. Very, very dangerous. We're not promised another second. We're not promised another minute. We, we hear this often in messages and in life, and yet we just we think we have unlimited time, don't we? It'll never run out. Woo! Guess what? It'll run out. It'll run out. We need security. And that comes through faith in Christ. And even then, we have tough days, don't we? When the gospel is presented, when the gospel is presented, it's important that we just give it a fair shot. That we put aside our our doubts and our fears and concerns and we simply trust what the Bible says about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection because it's true. Everybody say, it's true. It's life-changing. If you allow it, it will radically change. (laughs) I mean, radically change your life, your existence. It's true. It's okay to have questions. I, I still have so many questions when it comes and concerns to my faith in the Bible. It's okay to have questions. Anybody have questions? Right? I, I hear this all the time. I'm not knowledgeable enough. We'll get over it. <laughs> because most of us feel like we're not knowledgeable enough to be in church or be in Bible study or pursue God. It's okay to have Questions. It's okay to have, have fears. It's okay to have some doubts. I think many of us, sometimes as we follow God, we have doubts. Like we put our faith and trust in Him. We know it's real. We know it's true. But we still have doubts. But we must trust what it says. Not what Pastor Dave says, but what God's Word says. Amen? Notice Nicodemus approached Jesus at night. This is huge. This is huge. Why wouldn't Nicodemus approach Jesus in broad daylight? I'll I'll, I'll tell you why. This was safer, was it not? This was easier. This was, was comfortable. In fact, I believe most people approach faith in Jesus this way, in secret, behind closed doors, at their own pace, at their own speed, and in their own time. We can't force it. Let me say that again. We, we can't force it. Amen? We, we can't rush it. We, we can't make it happen. And yet we try as Christians. About a nickel for every time somebody came up and said, we got to get them saved. we got, we got to get them saved, preacher. Preacher, we got to get them saved. It's got to happen now. It's got to happen now. I've got a loved one, man. You've got to, Pastor, come on over here. You've got to get them saved. <laughs> Guess what? You can share the gospel with those individuals, but be patient. Be patient in the process. Do we trust God to, to actually work? The Bible says that He draws people to Himself. Amen? Amen? 
So it's not like, man, we gotta, do, we gotta make this happen. We gotta do this right now. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. Everybody say, we gotta. Like three of you, we gotta. We gotta get him saved. Trust God in the process. Trust him to work in those individuals' lives. You know what? Share the gospel, but don't work so hard at it. Does that make sense? Share the gospel. Live out the gospel. But don't have that mentality. We got it, 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 we got it. God will. God will. He's faithful to do so. Here's an idea. We have to treat, trust him more in the process. Be patient. Believe that God will do a work. And just step away. Doesn't that sound good? Just step away. Let God do a work in these individuals' lives. Could it be that Nicodemus was ashamed, possibly ashamed of wanting to know more of Jesus? Could it be that he didn't want others to see him, him with Christ, let alone speaking, him, speaking with him? What would people think? What would people think of, of Nicodemus? What would his contemporaries think? I still get that reaction from friends and family who haven't seen me in 15, 20 years. You're a pastor? You're, you're a pastor? You're one of those people? Really? You're, 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 don't, don't, don't tell me you're Baptist. You're, you're Baptist? You're Baptist? All right, forget it. Forget it. They let anybody in. Have you ever heard that before? Like you're one of those people? No. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of him. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. I'm, no. But people always say, really? You, Dave? The Dave that I knew, he, def- he wouldn't be allowed in church. He wouldn't be Baptist. He wouldn't be Baptist. He, he wouldn't be a pastor. I think we can sit here today and say, you know what, that kind of sounds like me. Maybe you're not in ministry, but people have said certain things like, you, you go to church? Maybe we should think about our, our current lifestyle too. Can I touch on that for a second? Uh-oh. It goes back to that sin, right? What we're saying, how we're living, what we're producing for the kingdom of God. You, you go to church? Really? Man, I'm pretty sure that I heard, yep, whoops. That was the other me. <laughs> that was that person that I am outside, outside of the church. We have to be careful. But all of us, I don't care who you are, we all have a past. We have things that we don't want people to know, things we've done, things we've said. <sighs> Nicodemus was worried about the same things that we worry about, which is super cool. Worried about the same things that we worry about today. For some of you, even being in a church shocks those who know you. Have you? How about those that knew you? Man, that's, that's the old me. I've given my life to Christ. I'm a changed person. I'm a new creation in Christ. That was the old me. Now, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. Let him question. 
let them poke fun. Let them wonder. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I follow Jesus now. I follow Jesus. Those of you that are still shocking your friends and family that you're in church, you come in real quiet. You come in real quiet. Skeptical. We talked about this last week. How will the church receive me? Will I be judged? Will I be loved on? Will I be welcomed? Will I stand out? Will I stand out? So you come in skeptical and with great caution. No one blames you. Amen? No one, I don't. No one blames you. It's understandable. The Pharisees followed rules, but for the wrong reason. Did you know that following Jesus is more than following rules? Amen? Doing and saying the right things, looking the part of a believer. Nick looked the part. Nicodemus looked the part and yet was still lost in his sin. Nick wanted to understand the purpose of his existence. I think that's what drives most of us to faith in Christ, doesn't it? Why me, God? Have you ever asked that? Why me? Why did you create me? Why did you give me life? And what is my purpose? Am I wrong? Does that not drive each of us to faith in God? Doesn't there have to be a creator? Doesn't there have to be a a designer for me to be here? No matter where we start, these are the questions that we ask God as we're trying to figure things out, piece things together. Does, Does this add up? Does this make sense? Can I trust God? The answer is yes. I used to ask God these questions every single day. God, what am I here for? What am I here for? Why did you even bother with me? Why did you even bother? What's the the point? Especially the days I felt so empty and lost and worthless. Have you had days like that? Two of you being honest? I get a couple of maybe head nods. Why me? Why did you create me? Life is tough, God. I mean, life is really, really tough. Why am I here? Can I be real with you? I'm glad I had one person respond. It's always helpful. I wondered why, because I was so empty. I think most of us can identify with that feeling of being empty, struggle with depression, struggle with anxiety, struggle with just life's questions. I, I I was literally miserable. Why me? I think most of us feel that way at times, no matter what we do and what we've accomplished or where we're at. We feel loneliness. I wonder how many this morning are just lonely. We feel lonely. We may have family, we may have a church family, but we still feel lonely. God gives us reasons to follow Him and put our faith and trust in Him. He 
He shows up. See, God showed me when I was feeling so miserable with my own existence that He loved me. Imagine that. God loved me. God loved me. He had a plan for me. He wanted my whole heart. I mean everything. Everything that I had. He wanted me to put my faith and trust in His Son, Jesus, to give Him permission. Did you, did you know you have to give God permission? He's not going to force you to put your faith and trust in Him. You have to say, God, here I am. I am surrendering my will. My will to you. I'm open to receive what you have for me. Have you ever struggled with a, with a toddler? <laughs> right? And, and their will? Wow. I mean, it's... I mean, we wrestle with adults and relationships and things like that, and there's difficult people, but the will of a three-year-old? Woo! It's tough. And you're, you're battling wills, and as mom and dad, you're like, listen, right? You will. Sometimes those children, don't, they don't submit, do they? They figure another way around. We're here, and God wants us to submit our will. Even if we've already put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have to surrender to him and say, Okay, God, have your way. Do what you need to do with me. I've wrestled with this. I've battled this. I have a strong will. I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn. Have your will with me. God wants this for your life. He wants you to know that he loves you and has a plan and purpose for you. And he wants you to just kind of give up. Say, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm in need of you, God. I'm in need of you. I can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. Our next sermon series in October, we're going to discuss how to be the greatest. Sound good? Be the greatest. We're going to cover lowering ourselves to serve others and to serve Him. What it means to be the greatest in the kingdom. Becoming what God wants us to become. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, and yet acknowledged he needed Jesus, the Messiah. See, Pharisees often get a bad rap. Don't they? Hear it all the time. Pharisees this, Pharisees that. And we compare them to church people. I've never done that before. (laughs) I've never done that before. Just kidding. This one was different. Nicodemus was different. He was different. He stood out. He knew he needed more of what Christ had to offer him, more than training, more than biblical knowledge, more than education. He needed a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're there today. In need of Christ. In need of Christ. No, nothing else. You have food. I hope you have food. You have shelter. You have vehicles. You may have a job. You may not have a job. But you're here today and you're in need of Jesus. Not, not the knowledge of Jesus. You're in need of a relationship with Jesus. In need of what only God. Everybody say only God can offer you. Once Nick made his way to Jesus, listen to what he had to say. Picture, it's dark out. Maybe just a few disciples with him, a private conversation that we kind of get to look in on, right? Between a lost person 
and His future Savior. Rabbi, we we know that you have come from God as a teacher. We know. For no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. No one. This was the perspective of not only Nicodemus, but some of the other Pharisees. Notice he said, we know. We know. The problem I have is this. They considered Jesus to be only a teacher. Anointed by God, given by God, but only a teacher. They they hadn't heard anybody speak the way Jesus spoke. Something was different. Even as a boy, they were amazed at what they heard. And then the Bible says they saw. They saw something different. They saw Him perform great miracles and signs and wonders, only further proving His deity as God. This teacher was God's Son. This teacher was God's only begotten Son. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning and all things were created through Him and apart from Him not one thing was created Amen? Amen. That has been created. John's John's speaking of Jesus' position as the Son as Deity. Let me just say this for the doubters. There's probably some doubters in here this morning. Jesus Christ was more than a good teacher. More than a prophet, he was and is God's son. Fully man, yet fully God. And he died for your sin and and your pastor's sin. Your neighbor's sin. Your co-worker's sin. Your wife's sin, your husband's sin, your children's sin. That person that drives you nuts and you can't stand, you try to avoid them. Jesus died for their sin too. Doesn't that change things? Doesn't that change things? This wasn't meant to insult Jesus. No. Nicodemus respected him. He respected him. He addressed him as rabbi, as teacher. But he couldn't wrap his mind around the fact that Jesus might be something more than just an anointed teacher. This is where many, many find themselves today. And understandably so. About six weeks ago, I was sharing the gospel with someone. I'm not going to mention any names because that's not right. And they might be watching the live feed, so I don't want to ruin that. Amen? (laughs) And you know who you are. Just kidding was sharing the gospel. We had this conversation, this dialogue taking place, and I was being patient. I was letting God work and lead the conversation. I was trying not to be too preachy, even though I'm a preacher. And I was just waiting. And and where we differed was the fact that he, he really strongly, strongly believed that Jesus was just a teacher. A good man who did good things. For bad people. I said, well, I'm going to have to 
disagree with you. He's deity. He always was deity. He was God's son. And I, I, I could see something was like, all right, this is, this is where, you know what I mean? You've been in these conversations before. This is horribly wrong. <laughs> and I just backed off. Just backed off. I said, that's okay. We can disagree. And we just went our ways. Have you heard people say he was just a good man? He's just a good teacher. He was gifted. He did some things. We don't know how he did them. Well, he was God's son. He was God. We're left dumbfounded. Even some of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus and we believe the Bible, we're still left dumbfounded, confused sometimes, skeptical. Have you been in the church many years and you're still skeptical? Doubting that Christ was in fact God's Son incapable of taking on sin and death the entire world. How could it be? How could it be? Let me just say this for those on the fence because some of you might be. Don't let the things that you can't quite comprehend now, you with me? Keep you from a saving faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it one more time. Don't let things, we all have things, right? Things going on, doubts, fears, problems, questions. Don't let things you can't comprehend right now keep you from a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Start with faith first. Start there. The details will begin to make more sense as you follow the Lord. Church, I believe and understand far more today than I ever did that first day that I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And it's okay. There's a process. No one's hurrying you. No one's rushing you. Go at your own pace. Learn, grow, develop. It's all right. No one's pushing you. God's not. You spend time at His feet, worshiping, loving Him, getting to know Him. God won't rush you. God won't rush you. Jesus responds with this. I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, unless you put your faith in me, you will never see what God has for you. We will never get a better offer. I don't care what someone's offering you <laughs> or what a job is paying you. We will never get a greater offer than this. And Jesus offers it to all of humanity. That's the gospel. Nick's heart was ready. We're almost done here. Hold on. Nick's heart was ready. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been there that night. And yet he was jeopardizing his status, his position. Risking it all to understand more of Christ. And here Jesus doesn't beat around the bush either. Listen to what he says. Well, first, Nick, you're a pretty smart guy. This is how I get this dialogue happening. Nick, you're a pretty smart guy. I'll, I'll give you that. You've accomplished a lot. You're respected. You're educated. But you haven't yet put your faith in me. And unless you do, unless you do, you will miss out. On the kingdom of God. This statement is still true today. What an offer. What a promotion. The Bible says that only through Jesus may we see 
the Father. Listen to Nick trying to put all the pieces together. I love this. How can anyone be born? (laughs) Sounds like a six-year-old here. How can anyone be born when he's old? When he's old. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be, be reborn? Don't you love that? Church people hear me out. We forget how crazy, I mean crazy, our beliefs actually sound to lost people. Especially educated people. What does the Bible say about the resurrection of the cross? 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. Amen? Nick's mind must have been spinning out. What is Jesus telling me here? And did I come for this? What is Jesus saying? I've been doing all the right things. I'm educated. I'm knowledgeable. What's my next step? What's my next move? Aren't I a good person? (sighs) Being a good person has nothing to do with being saved. Nothing. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you need something more than what you already have. Not to do more good things and be a good person. Not to practice more religious law. But you need salvation through faith in me. You need to be born again. You need to be born again. Let me read this last bit of scripture. Can I do that? Is that okay? I'm glad you gave me permission. I was going to read it anyways. John 3.16, or we'll start in verse 14. It says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone, not just church people and good people, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Everyone. Everyone. Verse 16 says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world that He might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Every head bowed, eyes closed. I'm not even going to have you raise your hand or put you on the spot or have you come forward. Every head bowed, eyes closed. This is between you and God. The Bible says that we are sinners. We are sinful people. That we do wrong things. That we're in need of His grace and His mercy. We're in need of a Savior. Jesus Christ died. Died and was buried and rose again. He took upon your filth, your sin, your issues, your mistakes, all of those things that we cover up. He nailed them to the cross with His own body, His own flesh for you, not to condemn you, not to judge you, 
but to give you everlasting life. What an offer. What a gift. This morning, if you're here today and you have not given your life to Jesus, it's simple. You say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner in need of your grace. I'm in need of you. I'm in need of you and your love and your compassion. I confess my sin before you. I want to leave that old life. I want to be transformed. I want to be renewed. I want to be changed. I believe in your son that you died, were buried, and rose again for me. If you prayed that prayer, I believe you just gave your life to Jesus Christ. And that's between you and God. You want to tell me later? I'd be happy to walk through life with you, pray for you, and encourage you and love on you. Father God, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus. For you do love us, and you died for us. Empower us as the church, as God's people, to love the lost and reach them and share the gospel, but be patient. Give us energy and strength. Renew us. Help us to see people the way that you see them. God, we love you and thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand at this time? And we're going to sing one last song and then you'll be dismissed. Hey, thanks for listening to the Hope Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you're looking for a church or it's been a while since you've been to church, why don't you come and check out Houghton Baptist? We certainly love to have you. You can come as you are. We do. Also, if you're interested in giving, you can give by text. Just send a text to 906-346-1317 and follow the prompts from there. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast and have a great day.